Ready Check Radio. What's up, Internet? Welcome to the Relic Grind. Ready Check Radio's Final Fantasy XIV Square Enix Podcast. Square Enix Podcast. Squeenix. Squenix. S-E. That that company. That podcast. Squeenix. <laughs> Squeenix. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I'm your host, Mike Byrne. Thank you for tuning in. Hope you're joining us live here. Twitch.tv slash readycheckradio. We'll make it real easy for you, though, if you're watching this on YouTube. Just head to that website at the bottom of your screen right now, Ready Check Radio. You can find all of our socials there, including Twitch. But it is Thursday. It is 7 p.m. Eastern, so we're here once again doing the show, and we've got a lot of stuff to cover today. A couple interviews that Yoshi P did. One was like the day after last week's show, so you may have talked about this or seen it talked about elsewhere. That's fine. We'll talk about it here. Another one's brand new uh, yesterday, I think, or the day before. And we've got some other Square Enix, Square Enix, SE, Squeenix, Squenix, what, whatever, news uh, to cover as well. So a chock full show for you. Joining me to go over all of the information. You know him, you love him, you want more of him. Mr. Chris Montoya, aka Tarkoth. How are you, sir? Uh considering the state the the country's in, I'm doing fabulous. Thank yeah, you. welcome to election night number three. <laughs> Wee! Yeah, it just keeps three. rolling. Well, we'll give you a little but, uh, bit of a distraction good. here tonight. That's what we hope. Also on the line Mr. Adam Lane, a.k.a. Kronos. What's up, sir? How's it going? Yeah, I'm ready to talk about something else. <laughs> it's a Final <laughs> yes. Fantasy. We get, get a break from that. I'm ready to talk about <laughs> anything. Just anything else. Anything. It's just been election night here in the United States for three days now, and uh, it's probably going to be election night uh, for a little while longer. So, yeah, st- step aside from all of the hubbub and craziness of the world and Enjoy some uh, square chat. Little programming note for you. Uh, next week is actually starting tomorrow. We have our normal stream tomorrow night that I'll be doing at 7 p.m. Eastern. Uh, we're going to be doing a lot of Final Fantasy TCG talk tomorrow. The new Opus 12 set officially drops tomorrow. Those cards are already in hand. There are six booster boxes uh, obtained yesterday that we are ready to crack open and go through on stream as we officially take them out of the box and immediately put one copy of everything regular and foil in binders. You'll get to watch all the excitingness. We'll talk about uh, all of the uh, interesting cards as we go, kind of like we did with uh, pre-release packs a few, uh, few days ago. Hope you'll join us for that. Then, of course, we'll move to uh, other games as well. Then next week is going to be busy. <laughs> so Tuesday, we've got the Xbox dropping. Shipment already confirmed on that on my side. So we'll be doing... Uh, I'm going to open it up as soon as it gets here and do all the like initial updating and, and get it all there. And then I'm going to repackage it all <laughs> so that we can do a little <laughs> unbox, like see how it comes, uh, but not sit there and force you to watch it updating itself. And then we're going to play some Xbox stuff. Uh, on Tuesday. Then Thursday, we're going to do the same thing with the PlayStation 5. When that comes on Thursday, we'll do a whole unbox. We'll do a setup. For that one, we have games already selected. We'll be playing Demon Souls. We'll be playing Godfall, which is one I'm really looking forward to. Uh, we'll mess around with Sackboy 2, uh, Sackboy Adventures. 
Xbox, I have no idea what we're going to play because there isn't anything terribly exciting uh, that's like exclusive to them uh, on launch day. They have, do have some interesting ones coming up, but not on launch day. So, I mean, that might just be Game Pass. Uh, we'll just pick games at random. But yeah, so it's going to be a busy week. Last programming note. <sighs> Next week, Mr. Tarkoth, you have the week off. Um, yep. Mr. Uh, Kronos there, you will be here with me next week. We will also be bringing in a special guest from the Final Fantasy TCG community. Since we're doing this show today and the cards don't technically come out tomorrow, we'll talk more about cards on next week's show. So plan on like the first 15, 20 minutes. Uh, we're not going to go through the whole set or anything. We're going to take a look and talk about the multi-element cards because that's new to the game with this Opus set. We'll go through some of the legends, talk about our favorites, some of them that are interesting, and uh, and we'll talk about a few cards that might potentially be meta shifting. Won't be the whole show, so for those of you that aren't into TCG, you just bear with us for a few minutes while we geek out, and then we'll get to some regular other Square Enix news. Uh, but if you're looking to learn how to play, you want to ask questions about advanced play or anything like that, by all means, tomorrow is the, the night you probably want to come while we're opening booster boxes, I'm more than happy to answer any questions. There are some people that I know in chat that are very well informed too. I'm a judge, not officially because of COVID, but I have passed the judging tests and all that. I just didn't get to be monitored at an event because of COVID to, to obtain my title. Some of the others that are in chat too. Tons of resources. We'll have a lot of fun. All right. That being said, gentlemen, let's get to the actual news. Let's start with some Final Fantasy fourteen. Uh, first off, let's just very quickly talk about the Final Fantasy XIV Solid State Drive uh, that is releasing. So there is an actual SSD that is Final <laughs> Fantasy XIV branded. This seems a, a little weird. Like, I get the idea. I, I, I definitely can get the idea. But, uh, yeah. It's this one's weird to me. I, I'm all for cross promotion and I might buy one, but there are some concerns I have with it too. Kronos, what's your initial impression of any MMO besides your favorite one having a cross promotion with an officially branded SSD? Yeah, I can't say this really does anything for me, right? I remember they spent like an absurdly long time on like a left handed mouse for yeah. a while, and that seemed to be like a strange decision. Um, I mean, more power to them if they make money off of it, but I can't really see myself being too excited about an SSD that just has a stamped logo on it. Like, I mean, I it can't is, imagine it's much different than that, right? I mean, it is external, so you get to mm -hmm. see the logo. I, I mean, <laughs> I guess <laughs> I, I could just buy like a like a sticker, right? Mm. It's like, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Like I said, I'm sure people will buy it. A lot of people like Final Fantasy. I mean, it's just like a way for them to make money. It's fine. I, I I can't really pretend to be hype about it though. <laughs> Tarkov, this one's a little weird, and, and I think there's there's an aspect of it to me that feels a little outdated, uh, because it's 500 gigs. Yeah, yeah that's a, a low, that's right? a sizable SSD. Don't get me wrong, but that is not by any stretch a large SSD. And that would uh, it's just the Final Fantasy fourteen file is pretty big by itself. It's still you're still gonna have plenty of room on this if you want to do something else. That's totally fine. But I I honestly thought, hey, why is it only five hundred gigs? Why doesn't that clock in at like one terabyte at least? That's that's a standard nowadays, right? Like even the PlayStation Five, I find is 
is kind of weird at its 865 gigabytes. Uh, why not just do yeah, a minus the operating and, system, by the way, minus the operating <laughs> system. So even lower than that, but um, yeah, the 500 gigs sounds seems a little weird. Maybe it's they're designing it just so you put just Final Fantasy on it and any future expansions and whatnot. Uh, weird, just weird. It also clocks in pretty expensive when you compare it to, to yeah, other that's the other items. Part of it. It's about 115 USD uh, if you want it. That is, uh, if you look at Destructoid, they said that's a little over industry standard. I actually think that's quite a fair amount over industry standard mm-hmm. when you're talking about externals, considering that you could go and get internals for 50 bucks, right? Uh, mm-hmm. That are yeah. that are 500 gigabyte. Uh, and then externals, eh, they're like eighty bucks, maybe ish. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. This it's that's a lot for branding. That's a lot for branding, and, I think. And there's not much branding on it. Yeah, it's, it's just, just a logo, a white stamp. Yeah, it's the you know the, the the meteor logo, uh, except it's done in white. You know, or the Dalamud logo, uh, and Final Fantasy fourteen online. I don't know. Yeah. I, it does. I think this is a cool feature. See, of uh, Sticks saying Samsung Eternals are roughly 90. Yeah, I, to me, 115 versus 90 is not a little over industry standard. That's practically 25 extra percent on top of of the 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 industry standards for it. While this may not bucks. this may not be a huge deal here in the United States. Again, depending on your local internet service provider, I can see this being a bigger deal overseas in J- uh, Japan and other areas where they are giving you an app to for a quick transfer of your FF14 file from your hard drive, your existing hard drive to your SSD. I think that's kind of neat, but I'm not buying this. I'm not buying it either. It's twenty five dollars to put a white stamp on it. No, no thank you. Yeah, just save yourself a hundred bucks. Buy a decal, a nice fifteen dollar decal. Slap it on the side of your tower. <laughs> yeah, or two dollars sticker. sticker. I get a sticker. Oh mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I should mention that since it is external, it is using USB three point two Gen one. There is no power adapter requirement on it, however, so speeds should be fine. Uh, although your initial write onto it will probably be a little slower than obviously if you had an internal uh, SSD. Just a weird cross. Like, fine. Final Fantasy wants to get its name on everything. I get it, but this one's just bizarre to me. You know what we could really use, guys? Let's stamp some logos on hard drives (laughs) and solid-state drives and sell them. I'm waiting for the Cactuar uh, inspired bundles of cucumbers. Let's go. (laughs) Lockwood says, sorry, sticking with my 40 gig Final Fantasy 11 hard drive. (laughs) (laughs) yeah but even that wasn't branded god i remember bringing that home on release day plugging that into the ps2 uh all right so let's get to some interviews because uh naoki yoshida doing a lot of chatting yoshi p one of my my favorite people in game development as a whole aside from final fantasy 14 and all things final fantasy being just near and dear to my heart here uh so from the gamer.com Yoshi P did uh, an interview with Cyan Mayer. I apologize if I mispronounced that, but credit where due. Uh, and the overwhelming topic on this one was crossover events uh, or collaborations or whatever you want to call them. And we'll get into what Yoshi P calls them uh, as a whole, whether that be Yokai Watch, Monster Hunter, any of those types of events. 
coming into Final Fantasy XIV. And honestly, uh, on my initial read of this one, Adam, I thought this was actually, a, I thought this was going to be a boring-ass interview. I was like, who cares? Who cares? Like, oh, yeah, we did a crossover. Woo. Let's talk about it. But I actually found this very, very interesting because this is kind of like the stuff you don't hear a lot about when you talk to a game developer. Uh, besides like, hey, I hear you're doing a crossover. Tell us about it. All right, next question. Uh, this was like their whole methodology, mindset, going into a crossover, developing a crossover, analyzing the data afterwards. It was a lot more interesting than I thought it was going to be. Yeah, and I, I think that's because of how like seriously they take these, honestly. Yeah. Um, like if you've ever played another game, like I, I've played like fighting games and stuff, and your, your crossover is like, here's a skin. Or like, oh, do this one thing one time, and here's this. Or it's like in 14, I mean, things like Nier and Monster Hunter are still in the game. Yep. We can do those whenever we want. Um, and so it, it's kind of cool to like hear how they go through the process of doing those things. And and you can just tell from watching live letters and stuff how involved they are with the other teams in the process. I mean, Yoko Taro, for example, is I don't even know how many times that guy's been on there like talking with Yoshi P just about the Nier stuff. And he's obviously a big impact to the stuff that they do for Nier in the game. And, and it's really obvious how close they work with the Monster Hunter team as well with that crossover. Um, so, I mean, it's a lot of cool stuff. And I'm really excited to see, like, what more stuff they do down the pipe. Because, I mean, obviously, if they keep putting this time and love into these, they're always going to be at least pretty good. Yeah. So. And, and he makes that distinction. You bring up the skins and things like that. Yoshi P. Tarkoth makes a clear distinction that he calls these crossovers while he calls mm -hmm. other types of things that other games may do collaborations where they just, you know, uh, Fortnite adding NFL skins. He doesn't consider that to be a crossover because he looks at these more in the context of there's a distinction between the two. Rather than just add some new costumes and a hairstyle, what we do is a full crossover where our Final Fantasy XIV team works with XYZ team to develop consistent storylines on both sides of the fence to weave these things in together. It's a project done in parallel rather than what what he refers to as a collaboration basically being a licensing play. Yeah, it's about integration. Um, you know, the, the ability to take this property and integrate it and put it into their story and, and make it work with 14 uh, so that it's not feeling jarring when you're doing this. Near feels a little bit jarring because um, it's it's a unique animal, but the stuff like uh, the Evilise crossover uh, that was done splendidly, and they continuing on with it uh, to to build more story off of Damascus and, and that property. Yeah, and story is the big is the big key there, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, I, yep. That's not to say that all the crossovers are great. <laughs> no, <laughs> I, not like, really. I don't know about you gentlemen, but Yokai Watch can go fuck itself. Uh, you I didn't just, like another minions. You were a fan of, of having. To I love all having all the minions, and that was the <laughs> only thing I did. I was like, let's see. The first time it came, because we've now had that three times, right? But the first time it came, I was like, okay, how do we get the weapons? Uh... <laughs> you know what's worse? Fuck you know what's you. worse? What's worse is getting the mounts. The well, mounts yeah, yeah. Are... That's the only reason I actually looked at getting the weapons because I got the whisper go whisper ago for the minions and then the whisper a go go is the one for you know doing all of it and now there's another mount in there as well uh, mm -hmm. but i remember the first time it came up i was like okay two mounts of me 
All right. Well, I'm going to get those minions anyway. That's cool. I'll get that mount. How do I get the this mount? Oh, I got to get the weapons. Okay. How do I get the weapons? Yeah, you're out of your goddamn <laughs> mind. Next event. Next event. <laughs> I went and got the black mage weapon. Then in the latest one, went and got the red mage weapon. Or in the second one, whenever it was, got the red mage weapon. And then I was, I was done. I'm out. Uh, so I don't think they're all great, but I well, think they this, go ahead. This one, the third re-release with it coming in 5.3 and the expansion of the trial, those new players coming in, this gives them an event to do. Hey, you're going to get all these minions and get all these glamour weapons. Uh, you just got to do fates, which you might be doing with leveling all these new jobs. Anyways. Um, I think it was a great idea to bring that back. <laughs> I do. I do. From I'm, player, curious, like, I'm for, laughing at Mike's reaction. <laughs> I, I, I know, I know. Thump it. Hey guys, we got the we've got the most beast mode <laughs> trial for new players that have never played our game. We're gonna give you the game. We're gonna give you the first expansion. Go and do it all. And if you want it, the th second and third expansion, dude, we got those on discount. No problem. It's beast. Hundreds of hours. Go do your thing. Oh, by the way, we're running a promotion where you can go and grind the shit out of things and be bored to tears. I don't, I'm sorry. I can't go with it's you on not, this one. Target. It's not, it's not that bad anymore. The drop rate's actually uh, they, they, much they more reasonable. They really nerfed it. Yeah, I, I know, but it is still at the end of the day, just boring as oh. grinding. Yeah, I, I'm kind of in the middle, I think. Cause like, yeah, it's like anything that's just like, hey, do some fates typically not very interesting yeah. sadly anytime although I, I, you know here's here's where i'm totally don't make sense right when that was the alternate way if you didn't want to do bosja i was like that is fantastic <laughs> <laughs> 65 face your honor there's sign your me honor, up a, your honor there's an argument in your uh, flaw in your argument <laughs> you don't want to do bosja how about 65 fates and six dungeons <laughs> Ooh, where do i sign baby no problem <laughs> I also understand that there's a cultural thing, right? Yokai Watch is massive in Japan, yeah, uh, and uh -huh. maybe not as big here. So I don't have any, I don't have that like IP invested interest too. Uh, anyway, speaking of like, why would Final Fantasy do a, a promotion with Yokai Watch? Like that seems weird. Um, they do actually in this interview talk a little bit about why they do crossovers at all, uh, and one of the reasons I, I just. I just love Yoshi P uh, on mm. stuff like this. Uh, they think, one, that it expands the player base in both franchises. We'll talk about that in a second. I want to talk about the first one first, which is, yeah, we think it'll grow uh, the the team. Uh, and we just like working with developers that we're fans of, that we admire, that we love. And so why not do a crossover oh, yeah. so that we get to work with them? And I'm like, that is awesome. That is yeah. awesome. Tarkov, you had something there? Sorry. No, just saying, yeah, I agree. He does That's point awesome. he does point out that it also breaks up the monotony. And I think this is something I even though I've been in the business of software design and covering this type of stuff for a decade plus now, I never really thought about. Um the grind the day to day, you know, gets boring for us as players, but that also gets boring for the devs when mm -hmm. everything is the same. All right, we got a next patch. Let's get these stories. Let's get these dungeons. Let's do this. Okay, next patch. We got the story. We got the dungeons. Then we do this. Okay, next patch. That gets boring on their side too, which as a software developer, I can appreciate, 
but ironically, never thought about as far as like Blizzard or Square Enix. This breaks yep. it up for them too, Kronos, which I was like, that's actually really fucking smart. Yeah, that's really cool. I mean, that's what I would want to do if I was making games. I mean, I'd want to do stuff with the IPs that I really like. So the fact that they get to do that is, is pretty cool. And I bet it makes their job exciting, you know. And, and coming from the software industry as well, when you get into that grind where you're doing the same thing over and over and over again, and you're not really doing anything new, it, it really helps to break up that monotony, like like you said. So it makes total sense. It's Yeah, super cool. And then, then it was like, oh, yeah, and we just want to work with teams that we love. We don't care what game it is. We'll find a way to make it work. <laughs> um, and, of course, the player base expansion not only for Final Fantasy fourteen, but also whatever uh, game they're doing a crossover with. They talked about this is not we you know we don't do the item exchange here, and specifically Tarkov. They went into the the Yorha Dark Ap- Apocalypse event and talked a little bit about you know like the near team doing the story, and then the Final Fantasy team. They make sure to support that team to make sure that the story works within the the context of fourteen, while the fourteen team is on the other side doing like battle and boss scenarios and. Yoshi P apparently only gets involved at the end of this. Just like, show me the end product and I'll approve it uh, or not approve it because each of these games is treated differently. So like even their process of doing a crossover event is not the same between crossover events. Sure, because different creators are going to want to have different levels of control over their IP and, and what they've created. So I can understand that. I mean... You know, with Monster Hunter, you got Capcom involved. Um, they're going to want to have their say in it. So you can't have the same process for every single crossover event. Um, what I like about Dark Apocalypse um, is that it made me want to go play Nier again. And I did for a little bit, but then I got bogged down with you know other things. But it, it put that sense of, and that thing in the back of your mind is like, you know what? This was a really cool game. I should really get back to it. Yeah, and, and what you can kind of see in the Monster Hunter one, I think more so than everything else, is... Uh... How much when you play the Monster Hunter trial, it feels like Monster Hunter, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and I, I think that's really cool, and I hope they do that more. Where it's like, I mean, you know, Nier, Nier is cool. It's a 24-man raid. It's obviously got the Nier skin on it, and there are things that are very recognizable from Nier. And, and like yep. you said, it'll make you want to go play Nier again if you've played the game before. Yeah, I was just going to point Monster out, Hunter, I mean, and I've said it on this show, is Monster Hunter, I totally agree with you. It feels very yeah. Monster Hunter-ish. Nier, I disagree. Cosmetic, well, not disagree with you, but disagree with the, the concept. I think you and I both feel the same. It's having played Nier, we're like, okay, yeah, this just makes me want to go play Nier. Yeah. And it's because they can't emulate a lot of that stuff in an MMORPG mm-hmm. environment. I'm not slamming them. It's just if you've played Nier, you're kind of like, Shit, I'm just I just want to go play Nier now. <laughs> yeah, I mean my favorite part personally about the Nier stuff is the music. Yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> like the, oh, you know, I, I can so just good. sit in those twenty four mans for hours, like, oh, even yeah. for dying and wiping. But uh, yeah, all the, those the, the, rules. Yeah, the Monster Hunter one for me is just really special because like I mean I like both series, and um and the fact that like it just feels like they nailed it. Yeah, and I think that's because of like what you're talking about where it's obviously they're getting a lot of input from Capcom, and then you can also tell on the other side of the crossover when Monster Hunter did their behemoth fight that they took a lot of input yep. from Square. And it's really cool. So mm-hmm. Now, when working with Final Fantasy titles, this gets a little easier, right? Because sure. the teams, are, it's still working with totally different teams. The Lightning event for 13, the the Noctis event for 15, you know, all these different Final Fantasy uh, events. That's easier to pull off. 
but they're still working with totally separate teams. It does kind of create, and, and he alludes to this, this idea, if you will, of Final Fantasy XIV maybe being the cohesive universe that links all the Final Fantasies. And he's not claiming, Yoshi P was not claiming that that's what it is. He was just like kind of speculating like, I think you could look at it that way as we do more and more and more of these that, hey, we're already in alternate dimensions or alternate, you know, places other than the source. We're in the first and the second and all that jazz. You know, we've already got this kind of multiverse, you know, Omega came from somewhere and has been to these universes to create these, you know, approximations of these characters for for that whole raid sequence. So it does kind of set 14 up as a potential safe haven to unite all these disparate Final Fantasy uh, titles that take place in different universes and different timelines. And I, I was like, that's that's kind of a neat outlook on this. I don't know how much kinda, I'd be like, yeah, but I, I like that. Yeah. I kind of hope they keep that vague, right? Yeah. Like how it is now, where it's yeah. like just kind of there and you're like, cool, it's fan servicey thing. Agreed. But I think that's my biggest issue with Nier is they tried to like continue on this story that was kind of there. And I, and I, maybe that's more so the Nier team than anything else trying to do that. But like, it just doesn't... I don't know. I really appreciate going into Nier and all the aesthetics of Nier and the music and the boss fights are really fun and all the mechanics are cool. But it's just, I, I, I don't know. I can't get behind continuing that story. And and that's the one thing with, with the Evil East raids, as much as I love them, continuing tactics, man, that's a big to do. Yeah. And if you even like try to pretend like you're continuing that, like, and they kind of did. They kind of did. And it wasn't bad or anything, but it's just like, to me, that feels weird when you're like, oh, like, like, what if for some reason they were like, okay, we're going to continue Doctus's story. Now he's in Fit 14. You know, like, that would be kind of weird. So I kind of like it being more vague than more direct, if that makes sense. No, I'm, I'm totally with you. That's why I said, you know, I kind of like the idea as a concept, but I don't know if I would want it like a fully fleshed out canon-esque uh, right, explanation exactly. for all the things. I am 100% with you uh, on that one. Tarkov, I, th- I it sounded like you were the same when you were chiming in there. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Um, they still got to make the stories work for Final Fantasy fourteen, so again, it doesn't feel jarring. Um, but yeah, if they keep keep it more vague, um, some some of the stuff just does does doesn't work. Like for the Evilist stuff, those kids were just annoying, uh, especially that Ramza. I was just like, <laughs> just shut up. Um, and then the near stuff is just. It seems out of place, but they're trying to make work. And maybe this trying last... to get booted off of this show, <laughs> <laughs> throwing shit try- at Ramza. They're... Are you trying uh, to get booted off the not... show? The kid Ramza, not the Ramza we know and love and hold dear to our hearts. The a hole. <laughs> Am I off? Am I? Am I, <laughs> Am I done? One hundred percent. You aren't on next week's show. <laughs> 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 refer to Fine, programming I'll... note earlier okay um, now that we're all up to speed go get my teeth done. uh the, this did bring up the question of why would you repeat events then if you're always looking for the next crossover in yoshi p's case like why would you repeat an event not counting things like monster hunter and stuff that are consistently in the game but yokai watch as an example has now been in the game three different times and leaves for a period in between three of those times they kind of said it makes sense to bring some of them back. Uh, Yokai Watch again being the example. I I gotta I, I just have to believe that's more of a Japanese thing. Uh, it certainly doesn't make sense to always be in the game. I'm I probably could have lived without it the second and third time. Uh, but 
you know, we're not the only audience for the game. The other point that I thought was more salient of a point was that they reiterate them. They they do go back and review these and go, you know, we kind of didn't hit this. I want to do this again and change some things to make them better, which, you know, it's really easy to just think they probably do a crossover and then it's done. They never look at it again. Uh, but no, they even look at these completed things and say, okay, if we ever do it again, here's what we want to do with this one. Um, there's just, there was just, uh, it's one of those things that you don't really think about. And I thought the whole interview just kept reminding me of how serious they take it, Kronos. Mm -hmm. uh, and you mentioned this right off the top that this is, yeah, it might be a throwaway three week event, but it's really taken differently behind the scenes, which ends up making it most of the time a success. I think that's what's so great about the devs in this game in general. Um, it just feels like they care. Um, and, and I think that's really obvious when you watch them do interviews like this and the live letters and stuff. And that means a lot when you get to the end product. It kind of shows that off. Um, and, and I mean, yeah, I mean, it's a great thing. And, and I, I, I kind of like them bringing back certain things too. I think even though we're not really into the Yokai Watch, that one kind of makes sense. I kind of hope they bring back the 13 and the 15 events at some point so people have access to those items. But other than that, I mean... I welcome them all pretty much. I'll try anything. If it has a mount, I'll probably do it. So. <laughs> <laughs> and to and it your point, to your point, Targoth, I will concede because even Yoshi P did bring up that mm -hmm. trial download enticement is a part of these, no matter what I may personally think of an individual event. It's a big deal for them. Um, that 5.3 drop and expanding it to all the way through Heaven's Ward is a big deal for Square. Um, you you got to get these people in here. Uh, and that's also part of why the Realm Reborn New Game Plus, that whole redone experience was also a big deal. Um, they're trying to make it easier and more fun for people to come in. And why not give an event uh, while they're doing it too? Yeah, not to go on a huge sidetrack, but that Heavensward okay. thing was huge because, mm -hmm. like, yep. I mean, I, literally anybody that even mentions the game now, I always go, hey, do you know it's free to play till level 60 now? Yeah. Yep. I mean, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm, like, I'm a show for it. Yeah, and I don't even like. I don't even really feel like I do it on purpose. I just happen to do it because I like the game so much. Yeah. And I'm like, hey, you could play it for free. First expansion. Yeah, I mean, and... there's easily depending on how like voraciously you you eat up all the content. There's easily thirty to hundred and thirty hours of content in those in just a realm reborn in heavens where depending on what you want to do and what pace you're going to do it at. Um, so you you have plenty of time before you will spend a dime. Uh, if you if mm -hmm. you want to check it out encourage you to in fact here's my friend's code no i'm just kidding um <laughs> this was cool too i like the i didn't even this was another thing i didn't think about they look at these crossovers too as a safe haven <laughs> like mm -hmm. you can't fuck it up they're <laughs> like even if the event is terrible like they totally miss the mark final fantasy 14 fans will still like final fantasy and play and just say that crossover sucked and the near fans, if that's the one that you're talking about, the near fans are like, I didn't like that event that they put in Final Fantasy 14, but near's badass. Uh, they want them to succeed, obviously, so that like near players might be more willing to check out 14 and vice versa. But like, there is no fail point here. <laughs> if if the event just isn't good, people are still fans of their own favorite game out of the two, which is was a neat uh, kind of look at their their mindset going into these the de developing these oh my anyway good stuff we talked about on this show i think it was last week um tarkov i think it was you 
that was talking, making some type of comparison. Chad is very quiet today. Yeah, we're gonna yeah, we're right. gonna ask them a direct question in a second. They're just lulled by just the eloquence that is happening from the three of us today. Um, <laughs> I think it was last week, maybe the week before. You talked about uh, Blizzard and World yes. of Warcraft and Final Fantasy mm -hmm. and. Uh, yes, I did. Yoshi P was asked <laughs> if you could do any collaboration, any crossover in in Yoshi P's words, who would it be and why? And his answer was, "Quote: Do you mean just in terms of my personal aspiration, Diablo or World of Warcraft? Because I am a Blizzard." fanboy <laughs> like just decreed there it is I don't think we would ever see it but it would be badass and Tark I'm going to give you the first chance to react uh, to this because you literally mentioned a potential Final Fantasy 14 World of Warcraft or Diablo crossover on a previous show if you can't tell I'm so excited just make it happen Yoshi just make it happen uh, I've played WoW I, you know spending the last almost better part of a decade on Final Fantasy 14 but oh my god that'd be so awesome Thancred and Thrall together like interacting that would be so sweet ah give it to me you look less than impressed Kronos <laughs> I, I, I didn't play I haven't played a lot of WoW so I mean like I said if there was a belt I would do it uh, but <laughs> I, it would actually be pretty cool though like if, if they were able to somehow pull that off it would be really cool and I'm sure a lot of people would be happy because there's a lot of crossover between those two games for sure like I a lot of people that I play with have played both or have played one at some point in time. So it would make a lot of sense. I just worry about the logistics of it. Yeah. Um, obviously, there would be ex expenses, right? Because you got it, licensing right. and stuff. So let's set that aside mm -hmm. for a second. The other thing I think that makes this a little more challenging than a typical crossover is you would be doing a crossover with a paid subscription-based MMORPG and a paid subscription-based MMORPG. And just quite honestly, there aren't that many Mike Burns in the world that will pay two subs at once uh, for two sure. MMORPGs. So, I mean, yeah, you're literally competing for the exact same, not all that growing uh, audience. So, I mean, potential logistics might be a little bit. I actually think the Diablo one intrigues me a little more than a crossover with World of Warcraft. Um, yeah, for, put for, that on, on October for horror. Yeah, well, that too. But for the reasons I just gave on the whole MMO and MMO crossover and both being sub-based, I think there's some challenges besides just paying and making it happen. But I also think Diablo probably fits better in the 14 world or a, a Diablo-based storyline maybe based around Necromancer or something like that uh, than trying to shoehorn why World of Warcraft characters would be running around in Eorzea, Kronos. Yeah, I don't, the, the funny thing is, is like if you were able to do it, I don't even think you'd have to justify story-wise. <laughs> <laughs> you could just nope. create some portal and everybody's going to be perfectly fine with it. And I, I think if they could just get past everything else, like I don't even think they would need to worry. I mean, obviously they will worry about it because that's what the team does. Just all of a sudden a everything. dark portal appears that's in okay. South Shroud. <laughs> took the <laughs> I mean, words out of my it. mouth. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you could do it. Uh, yeah, I agree with you, though, on the Diablo thing, too. I, I think I would probably rather see that, but maybe that's just because I've played a lot more Diablo than, than WoW. But I think it would be cool. I, either way, I think it would be cool for the games as a whole. 
And if it, I'd be really impressed if they were able to do it. Yeah, and Sticks, I think I agree with you uh, only because Blizzard is owned by Activision now. If we were talking about the Blizzard of 10 years ago, if we were going to talk about the Blizzard of 10 years ago, I think this would be far more likely to to be possible than it would be now. I don't think Activision is going to want to actively promote, like I said, a subscription-based fantasy MMORPG in their subscription-based MMORPG. uh, RPG. Uh, Tark, uh, Tark, I'll let you go since you said you wanted to chime in there. Oh, Mystics nailed it. She took the words out of my mouth. I was going to say, you know, Blizzard 10 years ago before the merger, this probably could have happened. But with Activision Blizzard, you know, they're, they're not going to, they want their money. <laughs> Lockwood. They want their record. Activision would want a Call of Duty crossover before WoW at this point. <laughs> yeah, oh, God, that would be hilarious. Oh, yeah, no, I'd do it. No, thank you. Mm-hmm. Here's one that might be surprising for you that you're definitely not going to get, at least not anytime soon. Uh, Kingdom Hearts. Not going to yeah, get a that, Kingdom Hearts one. That'd uh, be rough. You know, Square Enix only owns a portion of that license, not the entire thing. And the other one is, of course, Disney. So that'd be pretty tough. Uh, yeah. You wouldn't I think, think a Blizzard crossover is more likely than, K- than Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. Upon first inspection, you'd be like, well, they already own half of it. How hard would it be to say, hey, Disney, you know, let's promote it by doing this. But yeah, apparently that's one that uh, is challenging for them. (laughs) All right. So before we leave the uh, product of crossovers and chat, this is where you come in too as well. Uh, I mean, they could do Kingdom Hearts Square fully owns the original characters. No, they don't. That is not correct, Zista. Disney owns yeah. characters like Sora, not Square Enix. Yeah. Um, they they do a mutual consultation with each other, but it that's more out of courtesy than actual um, legal having to to do so. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> um, chat. This is your part to chime into. I want to know your favorite Final Fantasy fourteen crossover. Kronos, we'll start with you. Yeah, I mean, if it wasn't obvious enough, it's the Monster Hunter one. Um, I just think it was designed so well, and you know, in playing both games and then doing both sides on both games, it, it was really awesome just to be able to do. Um, plus, you give me a Rathalos mount, yeah, I'm gonna do it. So, Tarkoth, uh, Monster Hunter uh, best implemented, uh, and again, I like Kronos did both halves of it. Uh, logged into Monster Hunter, and Behemoth is was a beast of a fight. Um, and yeah, again, if it has a minion, I'm gonna do it. So, wow. Um, <laughs> huh. Well, I was. <laughs> now I feel like I gotta pick a different one. Um, no, just it, speak truth. Speak yeah, truth it's in fine the to time. Be yeah, I'll go with Monster Hunter. I mean, just, just it was so good. Like it felt. It was. It felt great as a Final Fantasy thing. It felt great as a Monster Hunter thing. Like, just whichever angle I looked at it as, I don't look at it like I do near, where I'm like, this is really cool, but this is near inside Final Fantasy, not near. Yeah. And right. yeah. I don't have that, that feeling with the Monster Hunter one. Granted, the fight still has the MMORPG Final Fantasy fourteen mechanics uh, of hot bars and stuff like that, but... It's done in just a uh, what I think is a little more of creative a way to try and hold on to as much Monster Hunter as they can um, without breaking things. I just think it was very, very well done. 
Uh, Ferris says Garo was goodish, but you know PvP is shite. You're right. You so the thing, the thing about Garo, Garo is kind of just like a skin thing, right? Yeah. Yeah. Like, like you, you were that doing was more collaboration. Yeah, you were doing crossover. like the PvP content already in the game just to get Garo stuff. Uh, uh, it did have mounts. I did do it. Like yeah. I, I, I have the mounts. <laughs> Uh, Sticks chiming in Final Fantasy 15 (laughs) just for the mount. While I agree the regalia mount is awesome, I hated the 15 crossover event. Uh, To me, the by far, as if any of these really make sense, right? This is just me being stupid, I guess. Again, it's not like any of them are like, this makes perfect lore sense. (laughs) This is Fitz. Look, the yokai watch, they're all over the place. Um, That one just (laughs) felt really kind of, that one felt like I almost, to me, like they rushed it a little bit because uh, it was just like really jarring why all of a sudden Noctis was here and <laughs> hi what's up buddy uh, but and wasn't it like regalia two years after awesome. the game released no I'm, I'm talking about rushing the actual not not getting the event into the game I'm talking about the rushing the okay. actual development of it uh, oh gotcha it just didn't feel as fleshed out as some of the other crossover events that, as we did had. you do the Garuda thing in 15 yeah yeah I did. That actually wasn't. That's was fine. Yeah, I thought, I thought it thought was all was right. Cool. Yeah, it's 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 not it's not my favorite, but you know, yeah, that was that was the weakest for me. I even put Yokai Watch above that just because I got minions, a lot of them. See, there you go. <laughs> what do you mean, see? See, it's not that bad. <laughs> it's uh-huh. not that bad. <laughs> Fishing with Noctis should have been a thing. minions. Yeah. Bam. Yeah, it should have. It should have. Uh, in another interview, this one with MMORPG.com, they sat down with Yoshi P, uh, author Victoria Robes, so credit where due. This time, though, they weren't talking about collaborations or crossovers. They talked about COVID-19. They talked about lore. And then Yoshi P kind of like went on this, here's some tips to level crafting. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, so if you wondered like how much of an impact we talked on the show previously that like Square Enix itself was saying, hey, the after effects of COVID, you're going to see those coming up. While it doesn't look like development wise and finance wise, we were hugely impacted. You're going to see those effects coming up. Looking more at the person level of things than the monetary level of things, the impact of COVID has almost been completely mitigated when it comes to the Final Fantasy 14 development team, which I, I that was a nice little update to get from, from Yoshi P. And right now, about 90% of the staff work from home and development is about 95, a little greater than 95% of pre-COVID development as far as meeting deadlines and, and targets. That's a pretty quick mitigation um, I'm not surprised that 90% of the staff is working from home. I don't think any of us are going to be surprised by that. But I am surprised that they caught up with just really the only delay worth noting or worth speaking about here was the delay to 5.3. And then it seems like they're they're okay again. Uh, they were able to transition this pretty damn quickly when you think about it, Kronos. Yeah, I agree. And I, and I think the fact that they're basically back on track now, yeah. like uh, before the save interview came out, like, I mean, the fact that we know 5.4 is going to be like early December, it's pretty crazy to me. Um, so it, it's really cool to see how fast they were able to turn things around and, and do it the right way and still kind of put out good content. Yeah, so. and reach Tarkov pre-COVID developmental levels again uh, at this quickly. Not just being caught up, but 
to resume at over a 95% development level like nothing ever happened. I mean, that's that's crazy to me that it was that fast. I, I was anticipating more of like the next few patches instead of being like between that three and four month mark, being between the four and five month mark uh, while things kind of adjusted. And maybe that will still be the case, but at least they're operating in a capacity that means that doesn't necessarily have to be the case. Yeah, 95% with just two months delay. Um, it's pretty impressive. That and the fact that not only shifting everybody to home, but you got to get these secure connections and enough bandwidth yeah. to access the uh, the servers at headquarters. So it's a pretty impressive feat that they pulled and still managed to, to get us where we're at. Um, I, mean, I still think that they're not fully, and they did say 95%, but at Bozja, that usually would have came out about six weeks after patch. That came out eight weeks. Yeah. So there's still some lingering stuff, but I think that can be expected with how things are going. So if you liked and you thought Yoshi P was just adorable like Faye did for being a Blizzard awesome. fanboy, wait until you hear this quote. I just love this man. I have for a He's very awesome. long time, before A Realm Reborn even came out, I just agree with him on so much. I'm going to read you. I'm not even going to tell you what this is, this is about. I'm sure you'll pick it up. I'm just gonna read you the entire quote. I don't wanna shortchange this one at all because I think this is very important. Uh, quote from Yoshi P. Uh, With the threat of COVID-19 still causing some very serious issues across the globe, I decided to reduce the amount of promotional activities we are engaging in for the time being. I felt it would be inappropriate to use the situation we are in to encourage people to stay home as some sort of stepping stone to getting them into the game. If a game that I love did something like this, I would feel a bit disappointed. I'm sure you can extrapolate that the question was regarding if all of us are homebound and more people are playing games and things like this, why aren't you running any big promotional events to try and entice people in? And that is exactly... Uh, his response. I mean, if you ever wanted like a gamer to be in charge of and a decent human being to be in charge of something that is making your company multi millions of dollars, I would pick Yoshi P over anybody on the planet right now. Uh, if I was in that type of hiring Kronos, I mean, this is just that's so human. And I, I, <laughs> It's almost sad that like something like just being a decent human being um, and thinking about people and what you do in a way like this should be recognized because it just should be the default position, but it just isn't. Uh, and so this is really refreshing. And yeah, I'm, in, I'm, I'm done gushing. I'll turn it over to you, Kronos. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I have a ton of respect for the guy. I, I, that's that's why, like, even when it was like hinted at that he was working on sixteen in some way, I was already excited. And the fact that now you, you know he's got to be a big part of that makes me even more excited for the game. I mean, he he's obviously the right guy for this job. Uh, it's it's insane how good he is, and he's just a good person. He's a good he's a great person that's great at his job, and I, I think it's really awesome that I kind of stumbled into this game that he's running. And, and he makes he gives me a reason to continue to play honestly like i have nothing but respect for the man um and the fact that he said something like this it, i mean 
you'd be surprised. Not a lot of people are saying stuff like this nowadays. You know, everybody just wants to make their their dime and move on. And it seems like he just cares. So now he did go on to say Tarkov. <laughs> that he has enjoyed some of the things that we as players are doing in-game to promote the game. He he said, you know, it's just great watching content creators like, you know, this show and, you know, people that do machinima-type stuff on YouTube and community events in their free companies and stuff. Like, he was like, they're growing the game. He was like, I don't want to do this, and we don't have to do this. And the community is the one, you know, during a slower development cycle, still getting people to come in and play the game. And he does like, even though he's on the Japanese servers most of the time, so it's sometimes challenging, he does like peeping around the internet <laughs> and seeing what we're doing. He did enjoy Rubber Ninja eating 999 eggs, uh, <laughs> for example. If you don't know what we're talking about, you have to look that up. That is tremendous. Just type in Google Rubber Ninja 999 <laughs> eggs and you will have a blast. Uh, he talked about Japanese players doing some holiday events in game where they like totally remodeled whole housing districts uh, in coordination with each other for Japanese holidays. So he loves watching that type of stuff play out. It, the community is just awesome. I mean, I'm one of those people that, you know, wants to spread it word of mouth. People are asking me during, you know, full lockdown, you know, oh, this game looks pretty cool. You know, like get into it. There's a free trial coming up. There's no new patch going to have a new event. So I'm one of those people that was promoting and, and shilling for it, you know, even though I'm not getting paid. Um, Cause I love this game. I love the community. Um, there are trolls like every game, but we do so many good things. And that 999 eggs thing, it's just a guy eating eggs in game and it just made this whole spectacle event. It was just amazing. Yeah. <laughs> it's just humans. That's are, what we're doing. Humans are really <laughs> dumb. Sometimes we're not very bright <laughs> when it comes down to it. We're just <laughs> Adam. We're not smart. <laughs> like I bet you can't no. eat a hundred or 999 virtual eggs. I bet you I can. All right, I'm going to stand in Limsa and eat 999 virtual eggs. And then just people started showing up to watch an animated 3D model eat 999 eggs. <laughs> we are not smart. We are not smart uh, when it comes down to it. Uh, he does go on in this interview, by the way, to give you new crafters or gatherers more crafting some advice, uh, particularly because it can be expensive. Uh, he... There was nothing really there that I thought was like really worth talking about besides the fact that he says, hey, during crafting, level the corresponding gatherer at the same time and take mm -hmm. your time. You don't have to be, you know, 70, 80 overnight. Uh, take your time and you're not going to spend money that way. If you don't want to take your time, you're going to spend money. And he does kind of sign that off with just being like, that's real life, isn't it? Like, <laughs> take your time and you won't spend money not want to take your time you're gonna to have to spend money so yeah you're gonna power level you're gonna put the resources into that power leveling that's kind of i thought that was common sense but hey <laughs> so Let's he does an interview question he, about he it. signs off with the interview talking about mahjong of all things and that's because a quick mm. match was meant a feature was mentioned on a live stream or a live letter and that is going to be coming but so great for you mahjong players I thought was more interesting, though, in the sign-off was he does tease what he calls a big gold saucer update. Excuse me. Yoshi P says, Anyway, 
We will continue to update Doman Mahjong in future patches, and we are actually making plans for another large-scale gameplay content for the Gold Saucer. Now, I wonder what we will bring to you next. Like, that that's his full quote. I'm not adding the speculation on the bottom of that. Yoshi P is teasing the speculation on the bottom of that. A large-scale gameplay content for the gold saucer. We already got Chocobo racing, so like some of the bigger guesses like that might be off the table. Where do you think we could look to see a large-scale gameplay content for the gold saucer, Kronos? I mean, the community's been like kind of saying up the blitz ball thing, right? Yes. Um I feel like that's what some people want. I don't know how the hell it's gonna work. Um I'd like to see it. It'd be cool, I guess. I'll play it. Uh, but I think that's... I feel like that's what he's hitting I feel like Kronos this episode has been nothing, but if they add a mount, I'll do it. They <laughs> <laughs> need to add new I mean, mounts to the MGP store. That's, that's like my motto for playing 14 recently. <laughs> they, it's like, I mean... They add a mount. <laughs> no, I would, I, would, I mean, I've done... I, I, I'm not kidding when I tell you I've done pretty much... Or at least attempted everything in this game. Like, I have... I've like maxed out in Chocobo racing. God help me. I don't know why. <laughs> um, yeah, I did Lords of Dominion for a while. Triple Triad. As I'm sure I, you can like, imagine, I did a lot of Lords of Verminion. Oh, I, you probably got me crushed in that. I'm sure. The only um, one that I don't have is the like win 25 tournaments achievement one. Yeah. Uh, that's the only one I don't have because it's almost like when I my playing schedule, it's almost impossible to get into those and actually have the necessary number of people to have it fire and, and complete. So I'm like, yeah, that one. But all the rest, I have them. All the achievement I mean, I've, I, I've even played Mahjong. I have the orchestrian role for Mahjong. I learned how to play it because <laughs> of 14. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I, I'd definitely be about playing it, but it just it feels like that's what he's hitting at. I don't know, large scale gameplay content. for It feels like Blitzball. And it feels like it's going to be multiplayer somehow. Blitzball. <laughs> I I mean, obviously, I kind of thought the same, but then I was like, how does Blitzball <laughs> really fit into the gold saucer? Like, if we were betting on Blitzball, okay, like, that kind of fits. But, like, actually going in there and playing Blitzball, I, I don't know. I don't know. But then you sit there and go, where the hell else would it go? Where, like where else would they no, put no. it? it? Nowhere else. Yeah, it's it's got to go in the gold saucer. So I don't know. Large scale gameplay content. It can't be something small and stupid, or you don't call it large scale gameplay content specific to right. the golden saucer. Mm -hmm. Everybody wants Blitzball. Lockwood brings up snowboarding. I, maybe you know, but yeah, I it's a mini game. Yeah, it's. I don't see what it could be besides Blitzball. And that just makes me interested to see how it's implemented within the context of the gold, uh, the gold saucer. Um, so we'll see. We'll see. And just build a, you know, have your crafters build a blitzball arena or something on the side. Oh my god! Yeah. <laughs> oh, like, no crafting. You got to build a blitzball arena and about the end of the, the expansion. Yeah. And let's see which blitzball. server actually gets to play blitzball first. <laughs> oh god! Please don't, dude. That would be terrible. Oh god. People are going to be server transferring so they can be like world first blitzball oh, players. God, what a nightmare. <laughs> I kind of want it because I don't I, care. 
He just wants the chaos. I do. I, uh, sometimes I just want to watch Aorzea burn. Uh, <laughs> Highest rank crafters uh, for the uh, Blitzball arenas get a rank S. Uh, <laughs> Jace, that's go. why he brought up crafting in this interview. <laughs> yep. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh man all right signing out of 14 let's wrap it up with a few square in <clears throat> other square enix news uh tidbits outriders had a tech spotlight that aired this morning it was their fourth one remember that game is delayed until february of 2021 uh so they've been doing some previews and answering questions and things like that um this is not a live service they made that expressly clear over and over and over again, and they particularly did in this demonstration to, uh, today, too. They did um, a Techromancer uh, preview, a little, like, walkthrough of the entire class. They showed off their endgame, which looks compelling and in-depth for a game that is trying to do the Destiny 2-type gameplay without being a live service. Uh, they're very like everything's in the box everything's in the box everything's in the box and I kind of want to go why the fuck didn't you do that for Avengers um maybe you know maybe just just mm. something like that Kronos maybe just to do something like what you're doing with with this other thing uh I actually am really really looking forward to this game I'm not generally into shooters but I do enjoy Destiny uh quite a bit Destiny 2 and uh, I'm looking forward to this I was kind of bummed when it got delayed uh, so I was watching this this morning and enjoying what I was seeing as far as endgame gameplay and a reiteration of no microtransactions. It's not built on that. It's not built as a game as a service. And they confirmed full crossplay capability and awesome. free upgrade from current to next gen uh, if you choose to do that route too. And I know neither of you are terribly excited about this. I know Tarkov, you're looking forward to it, but it's not like a must-have. And Kronos, I think you're just kind of whatever. It's not really your cup of tea. But watching through some of this stuff, has it changed your impression? Are you more? I want to play a tech romance or something fierce. Uh, it's more of a support role. Uh, there's four classes to choose from if you if you don't like tech romancer. Uh, but I really looking forward to this. Uh, Tarkov, does it pump you up a little more? Maybe. Uh, with this video, I watched the whole thing. Uh, it, I was at about a six. I'm at about a seven now. That Techromancer looks pretty sweet. And I'm just, I keep saying it about the live service games. Com uh, put out a complete package and that's what they're doing with this game. And I I'm loving it. And I, I kind of feel good, like mythic plus vibes from this end game progression system. that they Very, yeah, very. Because yeah. there is a whole... You know, you, your character goes to level 30. Your weapons can go all the way up to level 50. You can customize yep. the difficulty. There is a path for it, uh, you know, of culmination. So it's not just like kind of what, unfortunately, Avengers is doing right now, where it's like, hey, you got these mm. six missions. Just keep go beating your brains against these six missions. While eventually it will lead to repetition. It's just that type of game. Uh, it doesn't seem to be as short-changed as maybe uh, Avengers Endgame was uh, at launch here. Uh yeah, I'm just really, really looking forward to this one. Kind of uh, impressive. I love the visual aesthetic of the game. It's got that it's like good. dark look, Kronos, without being drab, if that makes any sense at all. Yeah, I actually like, but the more I've looked into this game since like you've talked about it and stuff, it makes me a little bit more interested. I wouldn't say that I'm like probably as hype as y'all are, but listening to you talk about it, and then the fact that if everything's actually like there on launch, 
that that makes me pretty happy for any game, to be honest. <laughs> Isn't that um, sad? So I, Isn't that just a I, sad? I, fucking maybe I'm just a grumpy like old if man now. If we could just now, have like, all the no, stuff in the game when given. it launched, that'd be great. What a world! <laughs> <laughs> what a world! So yeah, I mean, many... I, I can see myself. The more we hype this up here, I I can see myself maybe playing this. By the time it comes out. Well, I will tell so. you, even though there are four classes, it is only three-person parties. There just happens to be three of us on this panel. That's just, that's all I'm saying. That sounds like a stream Let's in the do making. It, it does do sound like a stream in the it. making. Other Square Enix news. We've got, oh God. Final Fantasy IX is getting a physical copy on the Nintendo Switch in Asia, kind of like the Final Fantasy VII slash VIII twin pack did. Uh, that eventually released outside of Asia, but initially it was Asia only. Final Fantasy IX now getting the same treatment. We know it has a release date, November 27th. I assume we will see this in in other regions, just like the, the double pack did at some point, right? Yeah, for sure. Probably, yeah. I will totally buy it, although I do have to show you this. <laughs> this, that is just <clears throat> simply atrocious. Yeah, the box art looks terrible. Yeah, that's <laughs> it true. looks really. They they just took the original box art and like turned the, it. I think that's the graphics from this old strategy guide for crying out it loud. Is. Like, it is. It is exactly what it is. Yeah. And that just that just looks awful. Not to say that the seven eight dual pack looked any better, right? Uh, that was just basically a slide uh, uh, on each of those games too. But that just looks awful. Come on. Yeah. Some that's mono not- art or well, not a mono for nine. Yeah. That makes sense that it wouldn't be. Sorry. But uh, give me something, something. I mean, this I'll is... always take a mono art. I'd be. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so. uh, Targoth, you've been uh, streaming Dragon Quest uh, Eleven, a couple of streams. How are you digging it so far? By the way, since it's that's totally first run for you. Uh, I think. What did I say? Um, it's good DQ fun. Yeah, which <laughs> I turned around and said that is the a uh, dodge if I've ever seen one. Because it totally does not answer the question that I asked behind well, the scenes the other day on, are you enjoying it? it? <laughs> Here we go. This is the thing, though. Dragon Quest has a pretty predictable formula. You got a kooky cast of characters. You got turn-based battles. The visuals are are really, really good. It's Dragon Quest. I mean, if you've played Dragon Quest before, you know what you're going to get. Um, Particularly with eleven, so and I did warn you on that that it doesn't mm-hmm. break any like new ground story wise yeah. or anything. It just does Dragon Quest very well, Dragon Questy. Yeah, yeah. And I and was okay with that, but as a first timer to the game, I I wanted your 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 opinion. Like, are you okay with that, or is that just hey, I've seen this all before. I don't want to play this game for the eleventh time. No, no, no. I, I you know I got just six hours in. Um, so I've gotten like two main big uh, story beats in. Um, I'm enjoying it, and I, I can't wait to play it again. I wish I could play more of it, um, but I gotta wait for my, my blocks on Ready Check Radio. Um, e- even people that were watching were like, "This game is beautiful. I, I could get into this game." So I, I, I'm happy that I'm, I'm promoting it, and it's a great game. Uh, I can't wait to see a little bit more of it. I only got one other character, so I don't have that big diverse cast of characters quite yet that I was talking about. Right. But I know it's coming. Um, and I need to try out the auto battler because I've been doing everything manually. But uh, I'm having fun with it, and I can't wait to keep going with it. We did get uh, Dragon Quest Fest, or DQX Fest 2020 did air, and uh, Yuji Hurry uh, teased a bunch of potential announcements for next year. 
Now, remember, next year is the 35th anniversary of Dragon Quest. So there were, like, they didn't tease what they were, you know, they, but just said there's a lot to talk about next year and when it comes to Dragon Quest. And just real briefly, Kronos, we've got Infinity Stash, Dragon Quest, uh, The Adventure of Die. That was announced earlier this year. Uh, as an action RPG based on the manga. Dragon Quest Twelve. we know those preparations were underway uh, last year. Dragon Quest, a new HD title, the, the new DQ Monsters title. We still talked about on the show before, could we see Dragon Quest Ten come west at some point? Um, there's plenty of room for them to make some bigger Dragon Quest announcements, and it looks like the 35th anniversary next year in 2021 it's going to be when we can expect to hear some of them. I mean, yeah, thir- 35 is a pretty big number. I'm sure you're going to get probably more than just a couple. Probably going to get a bunch of them. I hope so. so. I hope so. Get a re-release in HD and repackage and put it on the Switch or whatnot. That'd be, that'd be stoked. Well, we do have later this year the Switch version uh, coming out for other uh, platforms in the definitive package of Dragon Quest XI. So I don't know if you knew that. So coming, this guy, well, this is the collector set, but the Dragon Quest XI definitive, or Dragon Quest XI-S, I think it's called, the definitive one, that's coming out for the first time for Xbox, but it's also coming out for uh, PlayStation, and it is the mm-hmm. Switch version of the game, not the original PlayStation 4 version of the game. So some improvements there, you know. I I played the original PS4 release when I was streaming it, uh, before Tark's stream started going. Um, are you you're playing the PS4 or are you playing the Switch? Uh, PS4. PS4. Um, okay. I I had already dropped money on it. I wasn't gonna drop another. Yeah, no, totally the, makes sense. But if you haven't gotten it yet, you may want to wait till December. Yeah. That way you can pick up what is generally considered the better version of the game. Uh, and then it has additional stuff in it as well because of the definitive packaging. Uh, have they said anything about giving maybe a, a price discount to upgrade people that have already purchased it? No, I, I would imagine that they wouldn't because they, they are adding things to the game. Uh, so, no. Not that I'm aware of. If I'm wrong, Ooh. then somebody can correct me. I don't care. Uh, <laughs> we talked about Bravely Default 2 on the show before. We do have a release date for that. It is not Yay. 2020 anymore. Uh, that got pushed yeah. into 2021. Also, February uh, the 26th. So, Bravely Default 2 and Outriders in February 2021. And finally, before Love It or Leave It, there was apparently, Kronos, a pretty big Final Fantasy VII sequence starring Tifa uh, that Apparently, after reading through the Final Fantasy VII Remake material, Ultimania, uh, which I can't wait until it's translated in English, please, mm-hmm. um, details a whole big Tifa scene that sets up a lot of a scenario that sets up a lot of her backstory and gets into some of her character development, gives us more on uh, uh, Wedge and, 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 I'm sorry, Barrett and, and Marlene and Jesse, and uh, that was apparently cut, didn't make it. So my question for you is, is it DLC <laughs> or is it going to be in part two? Maybe it was just cut because it didn't quite fit and we'll see it in part two. I, I don't know if we're going to get either of those. Maybe, maybe, maybe. I don't know if they've even planned on doing any DLC for this game, but that'd be cool. My, 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 my gut tells me that you're probably just never going to see this. 
Really? Um, and I mean, uh, that's kind of what my gut says. I, I, I would love to be pleasantly surprised. It's because, like, I think from what I read is uh, it takes place like after Cloud Falls. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it's like, yeah, while well, she's like, and I feel like if you if you put that in part two, that would be a little jarring because then you're like flashing back to some sequence that like doesn't, it's going to feel out of place. It's going to feel really weird because, because you want to keep pushing forward. The only flashback that really needs to happen in part two is like, you know, going over Sephiroth and Nibelheim and stuff. Nibelheim, yeah. Um, but DLC would make Nibelheim. sense. I, I can Nibelheim. maybe see it being like a little DLC segment, but I mean, how long would that even be and how much would that cost? It's, and would there I don't be- know gameplay really i mean how do you even put that in there it would just be tifa and parrot really yeah pretty much yeah my gut tells me you just don't ever see this yeah probably just like more about more around the like the bar area i would assume tark you agree we're probably never gonna see this yeah it's not coming i i i'll take any final fantasy 7 remake content the game's amazing uh, put me down um, for two dollar DLC then. I'll be different than the two of you. <laughs> <laughs> Ten years from if now, we'll see it as two dollar DLC. If it's that cheap, that'd be cool. Yeah, I don't think we're sure. Gonna, I, I agree with you. I don't think we're going to see it, but uh, put me down as a prediction that we'll see it as DLC, just to be different from the two of you. Since I ended up going Monster Hunter anyway, and I still feel bad about it. <laughs> uh, let's slide over. Finish things up with love it or leave it. Huzzah! Yay! everybody's favorite segment of the show where we take something Square Enix has done, something they've made, something they do, some series they have, anything from the world of Square Enix and we let you know whether we love it and it's allowed to stay or leave it. Just throw it off the plate and let it land in the slums. Uh, We don't even care. And just because, again, last week we did a series, just because today we're going to do a series two does not mean that we won't revisit items in this series on future shows. I bring this up because we are getting a physical, well, parts of the world, I should say, are getting a partnership deal between EO and Square Enix where they will produce a physical copy, a collector's physical copy of Hitman 3, not slated for release in the United States, at least not yet. Uh, but if you're in parts of Europe and most of Asia and Australia, uh, you probably are going to have the chance to pick that up. So I figured that sucks. I like collector sets. I like Hitman, but this makes me angry. I got to assume it's going to come oh. here eventually, but at least not upon the initial announcement. So I want to know love it or leave it, Tarkov, the Hitman series. I'm going to leave it. Because it just doesn't strike a chord with me. I've never played a game. I think I own one. For what reason? I have no idea. It just it doesn't interest me one bit. Um, so that trash pile you were talking about, it just it can go over there, and I don't, I don't care. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go just... with love it. Love it, love it, love it. I love the Hitman series. Was not a fan of the episodic release thing, and I think that that failed in spectacular enough a fashion that we won't be doing that anymore, but not spectacularly enough that the series got canceled. So I'm very happy with that. <laughs> I am very much a love it Hitman series on this. So now we need we go to the deciding vote, Adam Lane. I mean, yeah, I'm a grumpy old man, so uh, I'm, I'm I'm leave it as well. Uh, there was a point in time where. Uh, I used to really enjoy Hitman. I feel like back when like I was playing Splinter Cell and games like that too, mm. uh, I really did enjoy some stuff. And then it just kind of faded. And I feel like it lost popularity overall, just in general. I'm not really sure like what happened. Like they they kept trying to support it, and 
yeah, just I don't really see myself buying any future Hitman games unless I see something really amazing. So, so I'm kind of in the leave it category right now. Well, gentlemen, I do have to say it has been an absolute pleasure hosting this show with you. Uh, next week, gang, uh, it'll be a solo show because these two knuckleheads don't work here anymore. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it'll be a solo show. We'll talk about Final Fantasy. I object, TCG Your Honor. Uh, Faye, if you want to get on camera here so we can go ahead and get ready to sign off oh, yeah. here. Hey, sure, let's do this. You got to move your little. Right. There I you do. go. I got to get it. Hey, hello, friends. Hey, hello. so Faye Death, oh, you up, are man? the lucky one streaming after the Relic Thanks. Grind. For those of you that don't make it over to our Twitch channel, please do. Uh, we've got not just three shows on the channel like this one, uh, Snowbound and Gaming Gumbo, which airs for the first time this Saturday at 7 p.m., by the way. Um, we also have a number of streamers that stream all manners of content, just like a TV channel at certain times. It's very easy to find your favorites and learn about new ones. Faye, you weren't able to do it last week. You had some unfortunate power issues, but you are back Thanks, this Zeta. week. What yes. are we streaming this week? We are going to try to redo my spooky plans for last week. We've got mood lighting and everything, and we are going to be running Sam Amnesia, The Dark Ooh. Descent. Going I with got, the original. I am. I have had that game in my library since 2011. I have apparently played seven minutes of it, according <laughs> to Steam. So we are going to uh, scare the expletives out of me. Chat, you are welcome to stay. We encourage you to stay and watch yes, Faye please. stream some of that. Uh, and for those of you watching this on YouTube, come join us live when we're doing the show or just come check out the channel and all the streamers. Faye, we'll turn it over to you in just a few minutes. Before we sign yes. off, Kronos, and uh, see everybody next week, where can everybody find you until then? Yeah, usual spots, Twitter handles below. Uh, feel free to follow me if you want to listen to me spew nonsense. You've been, uh, been stream streaming, you've been streaming personally a lot lately, too. <laughs> I have, yeah. So uh, twitch.tv slash RVA Kronos is where I've been streaming. If you want to watch me suck at Street Fighter and Final Fantasy XIV, uh, <laughs> feel free. <laughs> so, yeah, that's where you can catch Sticks me. being a gentleman, as always, putting all the legs in chat. Tarkoth, where nice. can we find you, my friend? Uh, Twitch, YouTube, Twitter, all at Tarkoth Gaming. Uh, you can watch me stream... Final Fantasy 14, where I wipe to Ultima Weapon Ultimate uh, constantly uh, without a single win, and I'm so sad, and hopefully we get it done this week. And then you also check me out here at Ready Check Radio on Saturday and Sunday, where I'm doing Dragon Quest Eleven. Fantastic. Gang, thank you so much for joining us for the live show. Hope those of you watching on YouTube or listening on Spotify will come by, follow, do all that stuff. But more importantly, share, 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 share. Come and join us. Uh, until next week, I'm Mike Burns saying stay safe. We'll see you out on those servers.